0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, July 28th, 2023 edition of On Iowa Politics. On the podcast this week, the Iowa State Fair's political schedule takes shape. One state lawmaker is headed overseas to play baseball, while another is arrested on rag bribe, and the state <laughs> receives a tax credit from a Davenport developer, and you can probably guess why. Hello, Aaron Mur- uh, Hello, Aaron Murphy. <laughs> 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 you know what? And I'm going to leave this. I'm not even going to state. I'm going to leave this to our illustrious producer, Stephen, to whether to leave that in and make me sound like an idiot or not. Hello, everyone. I'm Aaron Murphy, the Des Moines Bureau Chief for the Gazette in Cedar Rapids. With me this week are Sarah Watson of the Quad City Times. Hello, Sarah.
1: Hello, Aaron. And happy Big Spry to everyone who celebrates.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's right. Does that always happen in those years that they're on the same, like they overlap?
1: yeah it's um, I believe 2011, 2015 and 2018 and now this year.
0: Oh my gosh that's crazy. which
1: kind of stinks for people who want to do both like me.
0: yeah, but it's all right yeah and for news organizations trying to cover both.
1: yeah, it's fine. I'm not that I'm not that mad about it. Yeah okay. All right. Uh, Jared McNett
0: of the Sioux City Journal is also with us. Hello Jared.
2: Aaron, in the words of the uh, the greatest musician Iowa ever produced, uh, Arthur Russell. I'm riding my bike, doing what I like, the mayor's home, the city hall, the big red house. I see it all. Ooh, I
0: like that. That's a good one. (laughs) All right. And finally, Gazette columnist, Todd Dorman is with
3: us. Hello, Todd. Hello, Todd Dorman. (laughs) I'm in solidarity with you, Aaron, on on this. So I just thought I'd help, help you out. B.S.
0: I'm calling B.S. because all that means is now that Stephen has to leave that in now, no
3: <laughs> or or he'll take it out and make me look <laughs> make, make me look really dumb. But. Ooh, I like that. I like that. So all just right. in case, I'll say hello, Aaron.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Before we uh, really get into things, uh, quick, let me um, make this uh, quick little uh, bookkeeping note. Uh, about the big political event in Iowa this weekend. We are recording this week's podcast, per usual, on Friday. Um, it's um, Friday noon hour, as I sit here. And so we're uh, a few hours before the Republican Party of Iowa's Lincoln Dinner Fundraiser, at which 13 presidential candidates will speak. So because of that scheduling, we're obviously not able to cover that event on this week's podcast. I just wanted to highlight that in case you, you tune us in on Saturday and wonder why the heck we're not talking about the biggest event uh, in town this weekend so uh please come back for next week's podcast if you're interested in that and we'll talk about the the program at length all right so on to this week's uh on to this week's topics get ready to man the pork chop tent grab a corn dog or your other fried food of choice and tell the butter cow she's on in five because it's time to start talking about presidential candidates at the iowa state fair this past week we got the tentative schedules for state Fair political events, old and new, a total of 13 presidential candidates, including two Democrats, neither of whom are Joe Biden, will participate in the annual Des Moines Register of Political Soapbox. Meantime, Republican Governor Kim Reynolds' new Fair Side Chats will feature a dozen Republican presidential candidates. Uh, now, keeping in mind that the schedules for both of those events could still change, candidates could still be added, as uh, it sits right now here on Friday, there are some notable absences uh, at those events, including Donald Trump. He is not committed to either event, as well as Ron DeSantis and, Tom, and Tim Scott, who have not accepted an invitation to participate in the registered soapbox notable inclusions include democrats marianne williamson and robert f kennedy jr who are speaking at the register soapbox back to back actually nice and neatly for us journalists uh, the first saturday afternoon so even though it doesn't look like i was going to be first in the nation on the democratic side anymore um marianne williamson and, and robert F. kennedy jr are coming here nonetheless uh, so todd
3: what do you think about those lineups well in the interest of mental health i try not to think of them but since you since you asked me the question, I'll I'll try to plow through. Uh, you know, when you go to the fair, you have to accomplish a couple of things. You have to flip pork chops without throwing one on the ground, which I've I've seen a couple candidates do. Mitt Romney is the one that comes to mind. Uh, he tried to pick it up, and they're like no five second rule. And uh, and then you have to you have to be more lively, interesting, and uh, attract more attention than than the big bore. The, the the lounges in the swine barn or and, the butter cow. Well, and the butter the, that's another thing. Don't don't stop at the and butter, have, Caitlin. Butter, Caitlin. That's right. So don't don't stop at the butter sculptures and have a gaggle because people will get super unhappy that you're holding up the oh, line. No.
0: Who did that?
3: Uh, I think it was a uh, uh, Senator Graham from Florida. Oh, uh, well, nothing. he 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 knew a lot about the dairy industry and so he stopped to to wax you know poetic on his dairy expertise and someone yelled keep it moving (laughs) senator graham you want to see the butter cow so that's what you don't do um you know i it's it's interesting i I, you know i Ron DeSantis isn't going to do the or hasn't yet scheduled for the soapbox who would be Probably the most interesting candidate to see at the soapbox, maybe Donald Trump would be interesting as well. I don't expect him to you know stand up there and, and it's not the journalist questions that are usually the the biggest deal it's the it's the ca- questions from the audience gathered around that sometimes cause some some it's interesting moments yep. and and interesting sometimes means damaging so i I can see why maybe some candidates want to avoid that but I I guess I'm anxious to see if Robert F Kennedy Jr. unveils some research that shows eating fried food on a stick makes you gay. So that that could be something to look for. Uh the Democrats, I mean he's he's kind of a he's an interesting candidate and maybe nuts, but his family is out there trying to <laughs> trying to run interference and condemn him, which is kind of Bad. Even his wife tweeted that she dis she distanced distanced herself from the comments he made about the COVID virus being engineered to avoid Jews and and, and Chinese people. Which, which was,
2: for, for anyone who doesn't know, his wife uh, is Cheryl Hines, who's Yeah. yeah. Her enthusiasm as Larry David's wife, which is really really funny that that's the <laughs> yeah. case.
3: Yeah. So even yeah, even she sent out a tweet that's like, yeah, I'm not down with this. So. Uh, it's, it's going to be, that will, that will be probably an interesting exchange with Robert F. Kennedy on, on the, on the soap box, you know, with the hay bales facing questions from, from Iowans. So that's, that's probably the one that I'm looking forward to.
2: I'm, um, I'm curious to see, um, how DeSantis does because it's been a bad stretch for him in the past, uh, week or two even his poll numbers have been going down he fired like a third of his staff one of his staffers made a video with Nazi imagery in it and then he also got in a car wreck so you know maybe a really friendly event like a chat with Governor Reynolds would be a would be a boost for for him
3: yeah it, it was interesting they there was a email sent out earlier that talked about like tonight's event he's gonna be doing Geo fencing, which I was not familiar with. It's basically within a mile of the Lincoln dinner. If you have your cell phone, I think ads will pop up on it, touting his Florida blueprint. So he's, he's sort of going high tech, but yeah, he's had a, he's had a really bad couple of months and the polls haven't moved in his direction. And so he, he's got the most pressure probably of, of anybody.
0: Yeah. Which is uh, to your point earlier, Todd. I was surprised too that he didn't want to do the uh, soapbox. Now maybe it was a decision, and and I should clarify. I don't think I did when I listed, you know, who's coming and who's not to those two events. That doesn't mean the people who aren't aren't still doing the fair. That you know, Ron DeSantis, I would assume very likely will. Wander around the state fairgrounds. You know, he'll just be a little more in control of that because he'll have his team around him, and they'll they'll manage who he talks to and who he doesn't uh, as best as they can. So you can do that a little bit easier with your team. You know, making a protective circle around you versus uh, going up onto the soapbox and not being in control of that whatsoever. So maybe that's um, uh, you know the the calculation they've made there. Um, And same thing for former President Trump. He hasn't uh, agreed to do either events, um, but we're hearing that, that it's very possible that he will visit the state fair, uh, which he did back in 2015 as well. And we've talked about that on the podcast before. That's the famous drop in via helicopter. So um, <laughs> he's got a high bar to match if he's going to do it again. I don't know if he'll do the same uh, thing or not this time around. Well, I wonder he- if
1: he'll try to schedule it for whenever DeSantis is doing his... Yeah, probably. We just, we
2: that, that would be great he, about that. Yep. he could uh maybe this time he could be in like a blimp and he could go by in a blimp as desantis is like doing his event at the iowa state fair that would be that would be perfect disruption yeah
3: uh yeah. you just you need to keep track of your staff and i i this is going to be our recurring segment that we call uh back in my day uh there was a, I was with covering Howard Dean at the fair and he lost his staff and so he and I were all by ourselves and wandered around the fairgrounds for 20 minutes trying to, trying to find his staff
0: oh my which, god that's amazing which, I love which, that story so much
3: which was uh, an interesting moment it was a nice long one-on-one interview. I'm walking and yeah, right. writing in my notebook. and oh, yeah. no.
2: He's not here today, but I just need to know what day Caleb is going to be at the state fair so I can know not to go that day and get rained on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Caleb's record speaks for itself. Uh, you are exactly right. Uh, we had It's to- not a good record. No, we have data on this. the The, the numbers are irrefutable, and uh, you're exactly right. Um, I, I need to remember that when we're divvying up state fair assignments to to not not combo up on any days. I'm not going with Caleb is.
3: <laughs> oh man, uh, uh, he's the human rain delay. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, moving on here, we had a couple of surprise bits of news from the Iowa legislature this past week, uh, and Jared... And uh, not at all politics related. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Neither have anything to do with politics, other than the, the fact that they're political figures. Um, the Sioux City Journal conveniently wrote about both of those for us, so we appreciate that. So, Jared, let me start with you on both of these. Uh, first, one Siouxland state legislator announced he is going to play professional baseball overseas. Now, if you follow iowa politics even a little you probably know who that is uh but jared tell us more and i personally cannot wait to hear the pronunciation of this team name
2: i've i've got this i've got this uh i was on wikipedia earlier doing the little listen uh thing so uh yeah uh jd schulten the uh first term uh democratic rep from sioux city um the only democratic uh siouxland legislator is taking his talents to the netherlands uh to pitch for the Oosterhout uh, Twins in the Dutch Major League, also known as the Honkball class. Um, And, Fantastic. of course, uh, of course, Scholten uh, spent a number of years pitching in quite a few professional leagues, but this will be his maiden voyage to the Netherlands. Um, and of the European countries, for anybody that doesn't know, the Netherlands is actually probably the best for baseball. They've sent players to the MLB here in the U.S. And, um, Shulton, who's 43 now, he said he's grateful to still be able to play at a professional level at his age and that he's never um, pitched better. Um, One thing I made sure to ask him about, obviously, is um, whether or not this would disrupt any legislative duties he has, you know, even off session. And he told me, you know, that he's been on Zoom calls, he's helped constituents via email, and he has a phone plan that allows him to be, to make it so that it's like he's in Sioux City. Um, and, you know, with a commitment like this, too, and just kind of having some interest outside of the legislature again, I, I also made sure to ask him uh, about 2024, um, and he said he's uh, more likely to run for re-election than not at this point. Um, in 2022, he ran unopposed, and it seems to be a somewhat safe district, Um but it is a very red part of the state overall, so that could change. But uh, as of now, uh, yeah, Schulten taking his talents to the Netherlands and uh, more likely than not to run for reelection in uh, in 2024. That's yeah, that's
0: interesting. And to your question, uh, I also, I, I, and I didn't check this, and, and forgive me if you hadn't either asked, I presume though that that season doesn't go long enough where it, it would conflict no. with next yeah. year's session, yeah, okay,
2: it um. May maybe possibly on the front end next year if he pitches there again next year because their okay. season runs from April until uh, September barring
3: any playoff runs. Okay. So, so it'd be but double that double that, double that would double be, double a be a new season. Would be
0: next year. Yeah. Okay. okay. I made
3: I made a quick search of Google and strikeout in Dutch is doorhollen. So, That's... <laughs> I guess they put up D's instead of yes. K's. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> backwards backwards D's though yeah exactly
0: (laughs) interesting yeah that's uh um i I think safe to say that's a first for the iowa legislature a a lawmaker uh going to play professional baseballs overseas
2: who who else would would maybe fare like decently if they if they were tasked with uh with such a duty
0: oh that's a really good question um well, and they have that softball game that they started and played the last few years, but I, full disclosure, it, it just hasn't worked out. I haven't been to either one of those, so I don't have a scouting report on who might at least stand a chance of standing in the batter's box against Jaden Jolton. That would, that would be interesting. <laughs> uh, all right, so meantime, on a slightly less fun note, but no less interesting, Iowa Senator Adrian Dickey, a Republican from Packwood, had an encounter with law enforcement on RAGBRAI this week. Um, I'm going to take the coward's way out and leave it there and leave it once again, Jared, to you to describe uh, the rest of the story here.
2: So our reporter, uh, Nick Hittrick, uh, wrote a story about this. Um, uh, Dickey, who's a re- Republican who represents District uh, 44, was arrested and booked into the Sac County Jail on a simple misdemeanor charge of interference with official acts um, and in a complaint filed by the uh, Sac County district court or filed in the Sac County district court, excuse me. Uh, the Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Jonathan Meyer said that there was a big party that had stopped in the middle of the road uh, in rural Sac County during Rag RAGBRAI. And uh, Meyer said that the party had been there since 242 and that he had approached uh, State Senator uh, Dickey at 4.10 p.m. and asked them to move so that they could open up the road. Um, And then uh, Meyer said that Dickey told him he wouldn't, and he advised Dickey that Dickey needed to move or he'd be going to jail. Um, So Meyer did eventually arrest Dickey, and Dickey posted a $300 cash bond on Tuesday morning and is scheduled to appear in court on August 8th. And again, it's on a simple uh, misdemeanor charge. Now, um, a real irony in all of this, as uh, several outlets have pointed out, is that in 2022, um, Dickey introduced a bill, uh, Senate File 2162, which specifically deals with policing of RAGBRAI. And um, from the text of the bill, it says the bill provides a law enforcement officer exercising the general powers of a law enforcement officer Within the limits of a city or the unincorporated area of a county, shall not interfere with the operation of a business establishment or nonprofit organization that is operating in violation of any city or county ordinance uh, during an annual recreational bicycle ride across the uh, the state of Iowa.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that was a fascinating, uh, this is interesting story. All the way through. And we should note that, um, Senator Dickey has, uh, proclaimed his innocence. He, he made a statement to a couple of, uh, of, uh, media outlets in which he said, I, I am not guilty of the single charge filed against me. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But, um, yeah, I looked out back at that bill and, um, I, I'm, I'm not surprised you literally just read the text. Jared, because are you like me? I'm still not 100% clear on what exactly that means or says. Like, I'm it's very lawyer speak, even in the what's supposed to even be non jargony explanation at the end of the bill. Yeah, yeah, means I, to me, that the LSA maybe didn't even know what the hell it means.
2: And it's very short, too. I mean, it is yeah. a very, very short bill. So and that that didn't go anywhere either, I should say. So right,
0: it, it didn't even get the first step. It, it wasn't even um, uh, given a subcommittee hearing. So it it that that's that's the deadest of dead bills. It, it got introduced by the person, and literally nothing else happened. Um, but interesting that the person who now um, had those issues uh, was the one who introduced that bill just last year. All right. Uh finally this week, uh, the state of Iowa has suspended a tax credit previously awarded to Andrew Wold for a downtown Davenport apartment building. Why and how much was the tax credit worth? Uh, both interesting. And I'll let Sarah tell us all about it.
1: Yeah. So um, Andrew Wold, who owns the site of 324 Main Street, which is the six-story building that collapsed, he had been awarded a state tax credit uh, historically tax credit for renovations at, um, a separate downtown property, which is commonly known as the Roosevelt. Um, so that, that tax credit was the maximum about, uh, close to $900,000, um, in historic tax credits. Uh, but recently because of the building collapse, litigation and, uh, and potential even criminal actions, there's a pending criminal, investigation that's going on um they said you know mr wold you did not notify us of these changes and because this is likely to impact your financials and ability to complete this project we are suspending your tax credit for this building um so and they said that they'll pending it until litigation is resolved which definitely could take years so this is not you know a quick a quick resolved matter or anything so um yeah and there. so that's that's it in a nutshell Um, And,
0: and and forgive me sarah if if you said and i just maybe missed it so while the challenge is pending is the credit still then available or is it paused while the does that make sense what i'm asking there
1: it's suspended indefinitely until it is okay. litigation would be resolved so and their tax credits so they would be a break on on taxes so that it's not like they the state has to necessarily pay anything it's just right, that
0: they're not cutting checks and, yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: what what is, it, is there a sense? Did you um, talk to anybody about what this means for that project? Like, is is this a death knell of that project, or could he maybe get by without that tax credit?
1: Yeah, well, um, Andrew Wold has not responded to pretty much any reporters' requests for comments, okay. so um, it's it's really unclear, honestly, at this time, like what. Um, Wold's financial situation is and um, what kind of work he's been doing it's uh, across Davenport we've seen several uh, properties that he owns um, be condemned simply because he hasn't shown up for inspections or made any kind of progress on violations since the building collapse. Um, and so tenants of, of some of these other buildings have have been asked to evacuate um within a certain time period unless repairs are made and it's it's not really clear that those repairs are are getting are making any progress. So
0: yeah. Um and forgive me for if this is a complicated answer. Um it occurs to me as we're talking about this uh, it'd be interesting to know that generally speaking there's a lot of lawsuits um already started and and, and maybe more expected. Is there anything like really pertinent or new on that? Are, are there hearings coming up anytime soon or, or or are we still kind of a ways off on, on that legal ball rolling?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure on all the time, timing of hearings and, and things, but um, there are new filings every day from mm-hmm. um, from either tenants who are adding on to lawsuits or um, new defenses from especially the city. Um, We, I could be mistaken. I don't believe we've seen much defense from Wold himself
3: or his attorneys.
1: But that, those are the, those are the developments right now in the legal side of things.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Obviously, some. Go ahead, Jake.
1: I was so basically now
2: there are there are still ripple effects in the form of other tenants now having to vacate because their properties
0: aren't
2: being properly managed
4: either. Yep. That's good. That's yeah that's good. I there's mean who one needs property... affordable
0: housing these days, right? There's there's plenty of that so to go around. So that's sarcasm, which that doesn't come through on the uh podcast, I should clarify.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's one property that um is owned by a company that's somehow connected to wold it's managed by his property management company who tenants have been told uh like one of the business tenants was told that they'd be making repairs um and has been in communication with that property management but that seems to be a unique circumstance and i'm i'm not sure i haven't talked to them for a little bit um if they've actually followed through and made those repairs
3: what was it the was it the times that reported on the the woman whose apartment had been condemned and she found her furniture for sale online and yeah.
1: Yeah. That was my colleague, uh, Tom Lowy who wrote that story. So.
0: Boy, they, fantastic. Yeah.
3: yeah. A lot of impacts from, from all of this and none of them good.
1: Absolutely. All right.
0: Um, well, uh, I think that does it. Maybe just real quick, I'll go around the horn or give people a wide open opportunity. I said the Lincoln dinner is tonight as we record this. Ray, it's, does anybody think someone's going to get shut off at 10 minutes, have their mic shut off, or do you think everybody will have them perfectly rehearsed and stay safe?
2: I'm, I mean, the most obvious one is Trump, right? It's going to go over. Right. Although I will say, and I was
0: surprised – I forgot that he attended the 2015 event and he clearly did not get cut off because we, we would have absolutely made reference to that. Charlie Pino, the arena, sorry, was the most famous one that didn't.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Trump might, but he'll, he'll blame Kim Reynolds if he does. So
2: (laughs) maybe, maybe one of the, you know, kind of like um, undercard or like second tier people right now in terms of polling would go over just because, you know, they, they need a little more, a little more shine and that could even be some uh, like mini controversy that they could uh, build on. You know, they're trying to shut me up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. See the, even the establishment, the party establishment is trying to keep me silent.
2: (laughs) So look
3: out for, for Perry Johnson to go over. I, I just personally, I just, I wish Lincoln would show up and tell them what he thinks of the current field. So I think that would be that would be an interesting moment, but I'm I not expecting it.
0: All right. Well, I'm shutting off everybody's mics here because that's it for this edition of On Iowa Politics. Uh, if you enjoyed it, tell your friends and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. And now that you've listened to the On Iowa Politics podcast, make sure you're also subscribed to the On Iowa Politics newsletter where every morning in your inbox, you'll receive all the latest politics and government coverage from our team. You can subscribe to that free newsletter at the Gazette's website, thegazette.com. Lastly, don't forget that the work of everyone you heard here today can be found on the pages and websites of the Quad City Times, Muscatine Journal, Cedar Rapids Gazette, Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier, Mason City Globe Gazette, Council Bluffs Daily Nonpareil, and the Sioux City Journal. Milk and Eggs will play us out this week. If you know an Iowa band or musician who should be featured on the podcast, please send us a sound file for Sarah Watson, Jared McNett, Todd Dorman and our producer, Stephen Colbert. I'm Aaron Murphy. Thanks for listening.
4: Want to feel it so bad every time you try and think you cry. So you better take your soul and put it somewhere else for a while before you fall down. All the bad things you've done And every time you think of it You cry So you better Take your heart And put it somewhere else For a while for you fall down